even though we missed last week, Rob, it's the 50th... Uh, I nearly said the 50th anniversary. It's the second... <laughs> <laughs> We've not been doing it that long, have we? It's the second anniversary and the 50th episode of 8 or 16. First published, as you've put yes. here, on the 8th of May, 2021. Yeah. We're still here two years later. Still doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed... Yeah, I'm amazed you're still doing it, because I'd, I'd have thought you'd got bored by now and thought, why am I hanging out with this you know, weird guy who makes videos on the internet? <laughs> That's fun. I'm, st- I'm still enjoying it. But yeah, yeah, at some point it needs to make some money, because we haven't made a single penny on this uh, podcast. We just do it for the lols. We do. Uh, people don't realise that. I think people think we finish this and jump into our, you know, personal helicopters and then, you know... <laughs> fly off somewhere and do stuff and uh, that doesn't happen at all does it I'm, I'm by the way i'm very tired so if i talk absolute rubbish in this one it's that's the reason um but yeah uh, it's not like that at all we, we literally do this for the love don't we we haven't made a si- i should confirm actually disclose rather we haven't made a single penny from eight or 16 it's cost money but it hasn't made any money so it's completely a loss-making endeavor for mark for the mark this reviews empire um it's my favorite part of it obviously but yeah it's uh it, it's, it's a sinking ship if it didn't have everything else to prop it up but uh, so so if, if anyone's listening who wants to sponsor uh, eight or 16 maybe we should do change i was thinking about this because again a little bit kind of behind the scenes type stuff we are we've changed platforms again and we're now using Streamyard, which i shouldn't say this but touchwood seems to be pretty good doesn't it it does well yeah i mean so well, well riverside were were potentially gonna sponsor us but then we used it and it was rubbish and so obviously and then we said it was rubbish so they were obviously not going to sponsor us <laughs> after that <laughs> so they're not um yeah but we, we just need someone to sponsor us really but but having said that going back to the Streamyard thing the other thing it does is give us it gives us the opportunity potentially to do this on youtube maybe maybe we should do a proper podcast on youtube that's where all the money is that's apparently a bit scary that is where, that's where all the money is. Oh, I'd have to like start putting trousers on and stuff then, though, wouldn't I? We can't see your lower half, though. Can you see your <laughs> shoulders upwards? We've got to stop waffling on because there's so much stuff to talk about because um, nothing's yes. happened, has it, in, in the last five days? Because we, 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 we missed that uh, show last week just for no big reason, just a scheduling issue. But um, quite a bit has happened since we last spoke, hasn't it? Um, where on earth it has, although before this? we move on... You, did you remember your Prezi? Oh, I did. Okay, so I've got Just it here. The, the, your, your happy, happy second birthday, eight or sixteen surprise. Yeah, so it's a rubbish, box, by the way. But. <laughs> a box turned up to our house uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it read, I think it was, uh, was it uh, Mark Alice reviews or something? Yeah, that's what it was. And Jen got it and sent sent a photo of it to the to two family groups on WhatsApp. Who everyone found it hilarious, and I just thought it was someone you know, someone got it wrong. But um, opened it and yeah, there's a there's a package in here, a very beautifully wrapped package with um, a little card that says to be opened during podcast recording from podcast co-host Rob. So should I just open it now? Do I, is there like a fanfare? Yeah, or just just get into it. Is it what? Yeah, well, so we were supposed to be doing this last week, so you've been sitting on that for a while. It's going to be quite an anti-climax. <laughs> well, don't, yeah, don't, don't kind of get me too excited, Rob. 
Not easy to open, actually. Managing expectations. <laughs> for the man who unboxes stuff for a living, I'm making a right hash of getting into this. Let's have a look. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Interesting. <laughs> wow. It's a Ted Lasso Apple Watch Band. For anyone who's watching this on Twitch. Amazing. Thank you very much. It's always Ted Lasso themed, the presents you got me. Because the last present you got me was... Was it for my 40th or something? And it was... Um, what's her name? Is it Mavis? What's the name on May? The, oh, oh, the landlady at oh, the pub. Yeah, what's her name on, on Ted Lasso? Well, it's, it's May. May, May isn't it? I, I'm trying to remember the, the actress's name. Oh, Annette Badland. Yeah, That's now I got one. to record a video message for you, didn't I? You did, and now you've brought me a Ted Lasso watch band. I'm going to have to put that on while we're talking, but uh, thank you very much. That's very kind <laughs> of you. Was this a, a, a kind of um, a celebration of the 100K thing, or was it just a random, random present? No, this is, yeah, just, it's, well, it's because I found that uh, Nightmare Before Christmas one, which I'm wearing, actually. Oh, yeah. That's all it. So oh, yeah, got, nice. Uh, the, the dog, what's, what's the dog called? Zero. And then on the other side, you've got the uh, the Jack Skeleton. It's, I don't know if, you, nice. if it comes out on the camera there, but it's it, he's all 3D. He's quite cool. Oh, I don't awesome. think there's any fancy 3D stuff going on on the Ted Lasso one. But they're from a company called Moby Fox, who do all kinds of cool uh, branded um, Apple Watch straps. It's really well made, actually. Um, it's very nice. It's got Believe it's on the... It's not bad, um, is it? Believe on the thing there. <laughs> <laughs> This is useless for an audio-only podcast. This is why we've got to go video, yeah. I think, at some point. But no, that's very yeah. kind, Rob. Thank you very much. I'll, um, I'm going to put it on while we're talking. I think it should suit the um, cool. the Ultra quite nicely, actually. Um, so while I'm putting this on, uh, do, where, where do we start with this news? Because it's been a hell of a week, hasn't it, really? Well, for me. It's been a very busy week. <laughs> so I, I guess kick off with the, the, the thing that we just didn't, think was going to happen certainly you did i think well, was it like a week before you'd uh, published a video where you said yeah they're not interested are they and then uh, absolute stitch ups because they've only gone and released or they will be releasing final cut pro and logic for ipad yeah i mean to put some context around this so i made i made a video i think it was two weeks ago about um using davinci resolve or switching to davinci resolve on the ipad pro and as part of that video, I said very, very clearly, uh, no sort of mistake, I can't see. But I think, I think the words were something like, I've come to the conclusion that Apple is never going to release Final Cut Pro on the iPad. And what happened with that, which you may not be aware, is that um, I gave the, the video to my shorts guy. So the guy that does the, sounds weird, the guy who makes the shorts out of the long form stuff. And he was running a bit behind, so which was no problem, but he, he was running a bit behind on that particular video. So he only finished the... Um, the kind of chopped up versions of that I'm going to DaVinci Resolve and Apple is never going to make Final Cut Pro on the iPad a few days ago. So what's happened is that the those shorts then went to my uh, VA who started to upload and, and schedule them. And the one that is l pretty much just me saying Apple's not going to do this in a million years went live, I think, either the day before or on the day of the, the announcement and completely blew up on Instagram and, and uh, partly on YouTube until I removed it from YouTube um, and TikTok <clears throat> with everyone, everyone saying, well, this aged well, didn't it? And uh, yeah, it was just awful timing. I left it, it's, it's still on Instagram and still on TikTok because who cares? But um, yeah, I took it off YouTube because I do care about that platform. <laughs> but timing, just ridiculous. Oh, but it's all, it's all engagement though, isn't it? 
it, yeah yeah it is to be fair it is um but yeah i mean what a sorry i'm still putting this ted lasso band on it's very well made <laughs> it's, it's even got ted lasso on the metal metal bit it's lovely let me just um i'll show you i'm gonna have to explain it to a lot of people who see it obviously but um there we go look. it's all right isn't it thank you so yeah well it'll be a good might be a good uh you know like b-roll prop yeah definitely it will feature that sort of thing um yeah so going back to the news so on was it tuesday uh, apple announced conveniently just before google io that um yeah file cut pro and logic pro coming to the ipad huge what was your reaction to that i was genuinely surprised because i didn't i didn't see that coming at all for all the reasons that you've outlined previously, just like because they've really heavily leaned into DaVinci Resolve being available on iPads, and so yeah, you just think, well, they're not they're not bothered, are they? But um, yourself and a number of other commentators observed that for them to just drop this out in a press release is quite encouraging for how packed WWDC must be. So that got me excited. Just as for the actual app, obviously it's coming out on the 23rd, isn't it? And my knee-jerk reaction was, well, I'm going to need to get an iPad, aren't I, to uh, to test it out. But then I've, I've seen some of the first hands-on, so they're, they're the usual suspects have published, you know, a preview. I say, well, this is my first impressions. Um, and it's got a rather glaring flaw, hasn't it? which is yeah. that it's an entirely self-contained environment. So you can't edit off external drives. You have to import the footage onto the iPad within the Final Cut Pro iPad library. You can start a project on, on your iPad and you can export it and then finish it off on the Mac. But it's a one-way street. You can't have a project that you started on the Mac and put it on the iPad. And you know, once you've exported it from the iPad to the Mac, there's no going back. Um, and there's no plug-in support currently, is there? No, no. The, just quickly on this disk, uh, this uh, you know, inability to use external drives. It's I, I didn't. I saw someone um, comment this, uh, made a, made a mention of this in the comments on the YouTube video that I published, and I get a lot of people just making stuff up in comments. So I just assumed it was a a rumor or just someone, like I say, making it up. But uh, yeah, I looked into it, and it's true. You, you, as you say, it's a self-contained project, which you get in Final Cut Pro anyway on the Mac, but. Um, that's but you have the option of se- option of separating your media from the project which is what most people do if you've got any sense and what doesn't make sense at all about this is the fact that davinci resolve on the ipad isn't self-contained it, it in fact by default it works from external um media so you just plug your ssd in and away you go you can move it very very easily between the mac and the the ipad so for for apple not to do this out of the out of the box with Final Cut Pro pretty much makes it useless, I think. Because I've got the, um, whatever the base storage is on the I, the M2 iPad Pro, which I think is 256. Um, I'm going to very quickly run it. Oh, is it? Is it oh, God, it's even worse. Mm. Um, I'm going to run out of that space so quickly. Yeah. Well, and, and the, 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 t- the color grading is not quite as fully featured as it is on the mac and you've got no third party support but what is interesting is that there is a you know, on the on the the website where they're sort of going through all the features there is a tab that says third party content yeah coming soon 
alongside their sort of noddy titles and lower thirds and transitions and stuff. And if you look in the small print, there is a mention of Motion VFX, but I don't think you're going to see the Motion VFX plugins. I think they're going to they're, they're have some sort of uh, asset asset store within Final Cut Pro where you can buy a particular transition or a particular overlay call to action or whatever. What do you reckon? I think it with this. We'll come on to Logic Pro, but I think it with the same as that Logic Pro thing where they've got this kind of uh, um, what do they call it, like sound library, where it's you know producers offering a few beats and things and loops and stuff. I, I think I, I think you're right. I don't think it will be the full on motion VFX because for that stuff you tend to install something on your Mac. You have a little app running. It's a fairly, fairly complicated thing to, to port over to the iPad. So yeah, I, I'd guess they've created something very easy for third party. Um, people to, to, to work with and and the key word is content yeah you wouldn't call a plug-in content really um so that's i mean i, I can almost get by that I, I can almost look past that um because I, i'd guess eventually you know if, if the take up of, of, of the ipad version of final cut pro is, is big enough then apple are probably going to really kind of put the the you know, the, the um the accelerator down in terms of development but I can't look past this storage thing. It, it, it does almost make it a non-event for me. And it, it kind of illustrates this thing about um, them wanting to have this kind of end-to-end uh, solution where you, you, know, you shoot stuff on your iPad, it goes, which is, is clever. It goes, you, know, but you can shoot ProRes on your iPad. It goes straight into your project in Final Cut Pro, edit it, publish it straight to YouTube. It's just the one, one device thing, which for some people, some creators kids getting involved students people who have no interest in setting up all that and faffing about all the all this gear brilliant but for more traditional filmmaking and youtube stuff that i do it's it's a really hard sell whereas davinci resolve isn't because it, it works it, it does what you expect it to do um i mean i, I am so, going to reserve so judgment until I, mean, I try it yeah i was gonna say obviously you've got to try it because mm. of, of, your, of your day job but are you still going to soldier on with DaVinci Resolve? I don't know. I've, I've, I've been, it's one of those things, because I'm so busy and because DaVinci is a completely different, you know, thing I've got to learn, I've been waiting for a bit of a gap to open up to, to actually try it and properly get into it. Because all I've done so far is play with it. I've not, I've not done a proper production with it yet. Um, I was hoping to do that towards the end of this month, but then this comes along and you think, well, I've got to then look at this and... This is why it's been a bit of a nightmare of the last few days working out what what direction to go in. But I think what I'll do, I think I'll give I'll give Final Cut Pro the benefit the benefit of the doubt, and just look. I think rather than reviewing it in terms of saying let's look at every single feature and work out how it works, I'm just going to try and put it into the into my production workflow in the most convenient way, that the, the most obvious way that it will fit into it. And whether or not that is just a case of doing an A roll edit on it and then exporting that and putting it into Final Cut Pro on the Mac and doing the rest of it on there. If that gives me some flexibility and means it's a bit easier to do it, you know, on a coffee shop table rather than carting around the 16-inch MacBook Pro, there's an argument for it there. There's still this issue with wow, the storage. Well, surely, surely you need to shoot and edit it on the iPad. Your, shoot your final cut for iPad review on the iPad, edit well, the it iPad. on the iPad, publish it on the iPad. I should do it properly, shouldn't I? That'd Maybe be epic. Be, be a right laugh because I, I i don't know why i went i, I don't know why i went off on hitting all the negatives straight away because there's some really cool stuff in it <laughs> so is, it's, yeah. it's got your the, the magic voice isolation built in which you love don't you yep um 
it's got a, a cool new sort of jog wheel, virtual jog wheel, which looks cool. Because if you're really into your video editing and you're doing it on a desktop, you'll have a hardware jog wheel. So you've got a virtual jog wheel, which is quite cool. The, all the all the sort of usual iPad paradigms, you drag, drop, pinch to zoom, Apple Pencil, they all look really intuitive and like they genuinely make editing a joy. Um, there was a, a, an interesting thing about multicam editing. Yeah. So you, if you've imported multiple camera angles, it, it within the iPad it will automatically sync them all up so they're on the the same thing and then there's a nice interface to allow you to flip between which angle you want and sort of you know re- record your your camera angles well it's taken that cool. from the, like from the I was going to say, it's, it's taken that from the Mac version. I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but uh, multicam editing on the Mac uh, version of Final Cut Pro is brilliant because it, it does the same thing. It syncs everything up for you, and then you just have like a little pair of scissors that you, you switch between. You watch it live and, and basically choose your, your camera angle as you go. And I think that's the same difference with this, I guess. Yeah, well, the, the, the way that they've implemented it on the iPad, though, is you have a, little, a row of thumbnails at the bottom, and you just tap on the one that you want to okay. be shown as it's playing th- through so yeah similar but yeah with with a with an ipad flavor uh it's got like chroma keying built in without a but without a green screen which looks quite cool yep um and did you see the that the ai audio stretching no i missed that what's that right so you've you've got a clip that is like a minute and a half long and you've got a really cool piece of audio that's a minute long and then you know you obviously don't want to have silence for 30 seconds um it can find using ai loopable sections and extend that audio to perfectly match the duration of your video which sounds amazing and we'll see how it works in practice but that's the theory so that's I, wonder if you cool. can, I wonder if you can do it with uh, with vocal as well as uh, music. Keep looping yourself talking. <laughs> <laughs> and well, they, and well, there's a thing that they have called out a feature called fast cut automation, but haven't gone into any detail as to what that might be. So I, I'd be very curious to see if it's along the lines of Gling. Yeah, if it is, that, that's that's, that's one allowing. good point actually. If it is that, then going back to my point of how would, how this would work into my workflow, it would replace Gling immediately straight away um what else is there to say about it well yeah the the fact that you can shoot directly on the ipad is quite cool but also it would quite it would complement your iphone which i imagine has got better cameras than the ones on the ipad i think it has hasn't it and you can use gimbals and stuff because you're not gonna well if it exists and it may well do because people are mental, but I've, I've not seen one. But I don't think there's an iPad, a 12.9 inch <laughs> iPad Pro gimbal. I think that would be mad. Um, so yeah, if you you could shoot some really nice cinematic footage on your iPhone, punt it across to the iPad, do your editing. When with the touchscreen, you can do your your rack focus and all of that good stuff. I've got to do it. And I've got to do it. It's got the extra. It's got the XDR display, hasn't it? So it's going to look better than any other display you have. Not you necessarily personally, but it's going to be the highest quality display for video playback that most people own if they have a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. And then I guess if you... You could do your, your your first draft on the iPad or as they as Apple want you to, is to 
have it completely self-contained and finish the whole project on device but then if you you know if you wanted to add some stuff that just isn't available because you want to put in some overlays and other stuff then you can export it out to the mac for that for the, for the polishing and you know finishing touches it all sounds great it's just why is it spoiled by this i don't keep going on about it but the ssd thing the, the inability to use external storage it's, it doesn't make i don't i don't want to keep bringing things down but i don't quite understand where where the decision making process lies there Surely at some stage someone would, someone would have said, what, oh, no, hang on a minute, we, we have to let them put footage on external drives, particularly given how big footage is these days, you know, 4K and... I, maybe it just wasn't ready. I'm sure, maybe, maybe they'll roll it out later. Perhaps. Because, yeah, it does seem, it does seem a little bit silly. But the other, yeah. well, the other thing people are complaining about is the fact that it's a subscription. It's, what, five or a month or 50 quid a year. I think that's an absolute bargain. It's an absolute steal. And I, I knew, when, when I published my video on it, I, I made a point of, of talking about this right at the start of the video because I want engagement, and I knew that would get people fired up. It didn't get too many people fired up, to be fair, but um, it, uh, there were quite a few people who immediately... The, the only thing they'd say is, subscription, Ugh, I'm not doing that. Um, and I, I had a, one guy that I replied to and said, look, because he, he was fairly, you know, he was, he, was, he, was, he was being fair about it and he wasn't kind of just shouting about it. But his point was that he's going to keep getting rid of the software that goes subscription and, 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 and you know, continually find something else. And I said to him, well, if you do that, you're going you're to gradually run out of pro apps if you're doing this professionally because everything is going to go subscription at some stage. The chances are the Mac version, you know, the desktop version of Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro will follow suit. You're going to end up with nothing because this is the way it's going. But it just removes that massive cost up front. Um, I can't think how much Final Cut Pro is on the on the Mac, but it's is it two hundred and fifty quid or something? Three hundred. No, um, Logic is two hundred and fifty. Oh, that's it. Which I think was two hundred, and then it went up to two hundred and fifty. I think Final Cut might even be three hundred and fifty now. But yeah, it's, it's around the the three hundred pound mark. Yeah, which is still a bargain. I mean, for what you're getting, it's incredible. It's, it's an absolute no-brainer for a business, or you know, if I'm the sort of business that I'm running. But even if you're just doing this casually, fifty quid a year for access to this thing that can, like we've been saying, from end to end, you can create a, a fully finished project and, and do lots of fancy stuff to it. And yeah, I, I think it's an absolute bargain. I don't know why people are moaning, but um, I, I think, I, I guess part of it is subscription uh, for, fatigue, isn't it? People are a bit fed up of, but then this is the world we live in. It's where we are. Yeah. So if, if you're thinking of trying it, you need uh, a third or fourth gen 11 inch iPad Pro or a fifth or sixth inch a, fi- a fifth or sixth gen 12.9 yep. iPad Pro because you need an M1 or greater to run it. Uh, however, it'll also run on the fifth gen iPad Air because that's got an M1 in it. It will indeed, which is great news. So that's quite interesting. But the one the one thing you do need to watch out for is that there the f- feature that you'll see if you go and you do your reading is the um apple pencil hover scrubbing you can only do that on m2 ipads yep i think i've lost my apple pencil too i can't find it okay it came back from belgium that's interesting because uh jess has lost hers as well interesting yeah but anyway um i've had a few people ask earlier (laughs) i've had a few people ask if um what's that what is that well, that, that well, that is a that's an Apple pencil, is it? But 
the green the green screen is, oh, is making it look weird. It looks like it's one of those bubble things that you kind of turn up and upside down. Yeah. Oh, it was, I've got a stupid skin on it that makes it look like an actual pencil from uh, from D Brand. I don't think they do it anymore, but it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know why I still have this because I don't have an iPad, so it's probably knackered <laughs> now because it's just sat in a drawer for six months. <laughs> I had a but few people ask if because um, it's useless. To me. Why not do it? Um, <laughs> I've seen some people in the comments section say, does it work on the iPad mini? Which I genuinely laughed out loud at when someone when I saw the first person ask that question. Can you imagine using Final Cut Pro on, the, on that screen? Like, well, that, that is a nice segue into the fact that Logic Pro actually does. <laughs> which, which is funny as well. Is it the entire <laughs> thing that runs on it, or is it a smaller version of it? It can't be. Surely you don't look at a tiny timeline on there, do you? Well, that we'll find out. We'll I guess out. it must must get you. Yeah, you'll find out on the twenty third. So yeah, so that yeah, so Logic Pro will run on a fifth gen or later iPad Mini, and and most recent iPads. So an iPad eighth gen or later, iPad Air third gen or later, and your twenty eighteen iPad Pro onwards, which is uh, which is epic. And I think it's, it's actually the more exciting of the two products, even though everyone's losing their minds over Final Cut. Well, I didn't think, I, as you know, I didn't think we'd see Final Cut Pro at all, but I, I genuinely hadn't been thinking about Logic Pro whatsoever. And I've not really been as vocal about that because it's, it's it's one of those things that it would all, always have been nice to see it on the iPad, but I wasn't kind of you know, banging down Apple's door asking for it. But um, now it's here or nearly here. It looks amazing. I think it looks absolutely incredible. Um, they don't seem to have left anything out either. If you, if you look through, again, we have to reserve judgment until we've got it in our hands. But um, if you look through that page, that, that, that the page they've made for it on the, on the Apple website, there's nothing missing. They've even got third-party plug-in support. It's not clear how many are involved. You know, you've got people like Moog and um, Eventide and a few others. But... Again, the fact that they're there straight away means there's going to be more, hopefully, in the future. Everything's there. The timeline, the live loops, all the... Looks like all the plugins, all the um, the Apple-made synths and stuff are, are, in, are in there and present and redesigned really nicely, looking for touch. Um, automation, the full mixer, everything. Yeah, it, it looks incredible. Touch, touch mixer. <laughs> That's going to be lovely, isn't it? Multiple fingers as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, my 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 knee jerk reaction was like, well, I've got to get an iPad and try this stuff out. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I, re- I really don't, do I? So yeah, I'm, I will. Uh, I'll enjoy your your stories about it, but yeah, I'm, I don't think I'm going to get involved. I don't think I'm that pumped about the whole thing to actually go out and get an iPad to try it out. The reviews, particularly as the as the twelve point nine inch iPad Pro starts at twelve hundred and forty nine quid. Now, I'm I'm not twelve hundred and forty nine pound curious. Although I did look on the refurb store, you can get an M one iPad Pro for about eight hundred and fifty quid, and then you can get cash back at various places to get it down to about eight hundred and twenty five. But still, I'm not eight hundred and twenty five pounds curious either. So it never stops. And the problem with Apple is that they on there, if you go through the um, the landing page for Logic Pro, right at the bottom, it's got a little thing about external MIDI interfaces and all that sort of stuff. And I just spotted on there there was half a a photograph of a uh, MIDI controller, MIDI keyboard controller from Novation. Never heard of it before. It was called a Launch Key Mini. I thought that looks really cool. Obviously went straight onto Amazon, just bought it because, you know, why not? Uh, 90 quid. So that's another 90 quid on top of your 1,249 quid for, for your iPad. But it does look quite nice. It's um, it's 
got all your pads and stuff and things. Mm. And it apparently works very well with Logic, which it obviously would have to being on the um, on the on the landing page. But um, but the point being, you'd buy your iPad, then you'd buy something like this, then you'd probably buy an audio interface, then you'd buy the Apple Pencil too for the skimming thing. Yeah, uh, probably best to leave it to me, really. Yeah. Although the reviews so, are... Did, did, did that keyboard turn up first time or did you get a toaster yeah. and have to return it? Well, no, it was only 80 quid, wasn't it? I think if it's above a £1,000, that's oh. when they send me toasters and work lights and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Still haven't got the money back for those things, by the way, but if you listen really? to this... Yeah, that's yeah. awful. Yeah, that's another, another story. Um, but, yeah, the, the reviews for these are a bit daunting. The, I think you're quite... You are right. With, with um, Final Cut Pro, I should do it properly and do the whole you know, all, all in the box thing on the, on the iPad. Logic Pro, because it's so impressive, well, so impressive looking and does so much, I've got to work out how to review it without sitting there for three hours talking and, you know, getting overly excited about Logic Pro and everyone switching off after three minutes. So I've got to try and work out how to how to approach that review. I'm not sure yet, but, um, but I'm very excited to get my hands on it. Really excited. Edit, you should... Uh give Richard the week off and edit the next episode of 8 or 16 on it. Wouldn't be that exciting, would it? Two vocal tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there for an hour editing it live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that all the Apple stuff? I mean, it's not all. There's, there's a lot of stuff. but um, I think so. Well, there's the, there's the rumoured uh, journal app, which is going to make day one a little bit concerned. But yeah. Yeah, well, 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 I think we can deal with that even when it turns up. Even when it but yeah, happens, the, yep. the other big thing that happened this week was uh, the googly I.O. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. And I I always forget that they start with all the search stuff and all the, in this case, the AI stuff, which went on and on and on. Because all I was, I mean, I'm interested in that stuff, obviously. But after a very long, very long day at work and a very long week at work... I just I started to get quite bored after a while because just very quickly the, the thing with AI is that obviously a lot of this was developer focused so they, they were talking about the back end of it which you know I don't need to know any of that stuff but they always end up doing the same thing which is putting a chat window on the screen and someone typing something into it like you know make me a Google sheet for my dog walking business um, we kind of get that this stuff is incredibly clever and you know self learning and it's, it's stunning what it's doing but every it just i don't, I don't know if you felt found that it just kept coming round round to the same thing of it will do all this stuff for you basically yeah it was just 90 minutes of oh gmail will write your emails for you bard <laughs> can generate images for your uh for your slideshow uh you know what i mean it was just like okay yeah we get it yeah you know, i i tried to count the number of times they said ai and i stopped counting once it hit 100 I don't think anyone counted it because I wanted to put the number in my uh, little uh, blog that I wrote about it, but I couldn't find any reference to it. I, I think some people probably tried. Because I think everyone just lost the will to live, yeah. I, I tried, I tried, and I just like, no, I, I, can't, I can't do this. Isn't there an AI tool that can you can just type in how many times did, did the word AI get used at Google AI IO? <laughs> Watch the replay, get the transcription. Yeah, that worked. Copy and paste that into a text editor. And then count the number of instances of you are. Yeah. Um, Bard's in, you can get dark mode now. That's, that's good. I was quite happy about that. All oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked. Um, but I, I think, in terms of the things that I found really interesting that they, sh they showed, as opposed to, yeah, okay, we get it, interesting, was uh, the ability to reposition the subject in a photo, including their shadow. That's quite 
mad and changing the sky was quite cool but then they ha- they did a whole bunch of other really not cool stuff like the stupid wallpapers the emoji wallpapers <laughs> the emoji thing it was a bit out of place that section wasn't it like they'd gone from this groundbreaking ai stuff that is clearly going to change the world forever and you know to, to some bloke on stage for a good five minutes farting around with an emoji wallpaper and getting ridiculously excited by the fact that you could touch it and they'd kind of kind of like pulsate when you touch them the, the parallax wallpaper that uh <laughs> apple decided was was rubbish circuit ios 16 because we had that for ages on the ios didn't we the parallax we effect on the wallpaper well I mean, not quite to that degree where you you have foreground background separation but um the f- do you remember the amazon fire phone vaguely yeah i saw your thing about that had that that had actual 3d parallax um you know gyroscope manipulated wallpapers and that was in 2014 so yeah so this guy was getting ridiculously excited about very silly things um but eventually they did uh, oh actually i was going to say eventually they did show us some cool stuff but not before throwing some shade at apple (laughs) yeah that was great wasn't the air tag thing the air tag thing so android phones will now inform you if you've got a an un an unknown air tag following you and then they gave iMessage a, just a complete bitch slap didn't they i did their, miss that their, their what, annual what was that oh well they, well they were going on about their rcs standard that oh, everyone yeah. else has adopted and apple are still holding firm on iMessage and it is, it is a fair point but they're just getting a bit smug about it now <laughs> But yeah, so but yeah. eventually they did show us some cool stuff. What they didn't show us was things that we thought they might show us, like a, a, a second generation Pixel Watch. There's no second generation Pixel Watch, but they they are they did talk about Wear OS four coming, which is supposed to bring about a number of improvements in performance, battery life, yada yada yada. Mm. Uh, no new Pixel Buds and no Pixel Eight preview, which people really thought we were going to see. Yeah, that's unusual, isn't it? I, th- I think the um, the watch thing is quite interesting because there was they did they talked about the Samsung uh, whatever it is the one of the Samsung what, what, was it a Samsung watch I think it was the guy that came on he was wearing it I think and he mentioned specifically Samsung they've been working with that with them for for watch at Wear OS um, which does make you think is there a future for the Pixel Watch I'm not convinced there is but who knows. I guess we'll find out. Well, they they're they're giving them away, aren't they? If they you are. uh, if you pre-order the fold, which was the sort of the flagship headline thing, I think was Google announced again because they actually had already announced it on Twitter, and there'd been various leaks. Basically, there weren't really any surprises <laughs> this year because <laughs> Google are terrible at keeping anything under wraps, or maybe it's deliberate. I don't know, but there were very few surprises. I didn't really get that sort of that tingly wow feeling that you get at an Apple event where they always seem to pull something out of the bag that you weren't expecting. So, yeah, so we've got a, pic- a foldable pixel that's $1,799. Yeah, not cheap, is it? But you do, you, do get, you do get like three months of YouTube premium and a pixel watch and some other perks, but that is prohibitively expensive for most people, and I just I don't think it's going to move the needle, is it? No, I, I wrote about this today. I, I wonder if it's um, well. Firstly, I, I think it's it, it creates this fairly 
uniquely simple buying journey, I think, for people who want to buy a Google Pixel something. So either you buy the cheap one or cheap-ish, we'll come on to that, um, you know, the, the, the A series, or you buy the mid-range or you buy the, you know, the top-end Pro. And then you might buy the Pixel um, tablet if you want a tablet as well. But if you don't want to have two devices, there's actually now a device that sits nicely in between, which is the Pixel Fold. And they were very much talking about it as a tablet, really, weren't they? they were, you know, all of the the way that it's it's kind of utilising Android is very similar to, to, to tablets. And that's, you know, at 1799 I suppose if you compare the price of a, I don't know, a, a 7 Pro plus a Pixel tablet, I'm not sure what that would come to, but you're not far off that anyway, are you? Uh, no, you're miles <laughs> off that. Oh, are you? Yeah. Well, how much is the Pixel Miles. tablet? Four nine nine with the oh, dock. Of course, it's cheaper, isn't it? Yeah, I'm thinking iPad money. No, it's, it's much cheaper. Okay, ignore that. Um, I still think, though, it's still a, a nicely balanced um, product lineup. I think personally, the, the Fold is never going to be cheaper than that at the moment because none of them are. You know, the the Fold Four from Samsung is expensive. Um, I think the only ones who are kind of breaking the mold a little bit with this are people like Oppo. And Xiaomi, I think they're, they're they're more likely to bring that price down a little bit. But uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm I'm hoping at some stage I'll have the fold and the tablet. What what's happened? I mean, I can't say too much. Well, but the uh, um, have, you, have you not got one already? I thought you were no. Team Pixel. You were on Team Pixel. You I you went still to am. the event in London and everything. Yeah. So the seven A mug. <laughs> the seven A is coming tomorrow, so I'll, I'll have that tomorrow. Um, and I don't know how much I can say, but the fold and the um, the tablet for some reason are delayed in the UK. Um, and I get the impression it's going to be a little while before they hit the shelves. And the same thing goes for reviews, unless you are, you know, Mister Tech Chap and you've got one point three million. Well, I don't, I don't think he's got it either at the minute. But um, yeah, the seven A's. I will have a review of that next week. But um, the fold and the tablet for whatever reason, are taking a while to, to make their way around. Although I think uh, Marquez Brownlee's got a, got his reviews up, hasn't he, already, understandably. And um, I've not watched them yet. Again, I probably I probably won't watch them because I don't want to be, you know, tainted by someone else's opinion. But, um, it, I mean, the fold yeah, looks all right. It's It's got a big crease on it because, of course, it has, because it's got a folding screen. Um, it will have a great camera. I assume it's the same camera as the, the Pixel 7 Pro, which is great. And it does that pretty cool thing with selfies where you can use the, the front screen and the rear camera as the, as the selfie taker, which I think is quite nice. I don't think any of the, the other folds do that. I know, I know the, um, the Z Fold 4 doesn't. So that was quite nice. Mm. So, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of the foldable devices, as you know. So the, the more interesting devices were the Pixel 7a. And the reason that's interesting is because it's got wireless charging and a 90 hertz refresh rate display, which is quite good at the, at the kind of money they're asking. So it's got sort of 6.1 90 hertz display, 499. If you pre-order it, they'll throw in a set of pixel buds. Yep. But no one should be paying that for it because history has shown us that you wait three to six months and there'll be a round of discounts and then a a little while later there'll be even more discounts to the point where like just the other week you could get a pixel 4a for less than 200 quid wow that's a great is, phone which is yeah for, for for i think 189 it was and that's that's a no-brainer so yeah that that'll come down by quite some margin and then it'll be a far more appealing device 
I might have been more excited about it had it not been for the fact that a couple of days prior to Googly I.O., nothing teased the, no- the Nothing Phone 2. That is coming this summer. Yep. And that, for me, is the, the premium budget phone to watch. Yeah, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? I, th- I think so the, the 7A is straying out of budget territory now, isn't it? It's doing that thing where, you know, what, why would you buy the 7? What's the difference? I mean, that's going to be the most interesting thing for me. What's the difference between the 7A and the 7? I can't think what the price difference is, but um, not much if you're a normal it's, user. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's pr- premium materials, isn't it? Yeah. Which Oh, and, and the, the, the wireless charging is gimped. It's only 7.5 watts, so it'll okay. take a year to charge. <laughs> But at least it's there. It's there, that's the main thing. No wireless charging. And then there was the thing that I was really excited about from when they, they first mentioned it, was the Pixel tablet with the with the dock. So that's four four nine nine. Yep. And I believe if you, if you pre-order it, you get the dock. But I'm pretty sure that at some point, um, perhaps I misunderstood, but I'm pretty sure that ongoing that will be an optional extra. So you'll be able to buy the Pixel tablet on its own or you can cough up $120 or something for the for the speaker dock. But it's not... So I've, I've seen some, some hands-on with it and it's not, it's not an equivalent for a Nest smart speaker. Okay. It's, you know, it's, it, in, in terms of the, the sound quality, there's no sort of privacy switch or that sort of stuff on it. So I was in the market for a, you know, sort of 10-inch or greater display because, as you know, I've got echoes dotted around the house, echo shows, which I use as digital photo frames. And the most recent addition to that lineup was the the clearance portal plus that I got was a whacking great 15 inch display and can you can hook it into um, the Amazon voice assistant and it can pull in all your photos and it's it's a lovely thing but obviously Meta have killed that now so it's not going to get security updates so it's it's now it's got it's got to I've got to take it off my network because it's a it's a it's an attack surface and my, my network and I'm not really happy about that. So I'm genuinely in the market for the Pixel tablet. But then I realised, well, actually, I've got a four-year-old daughter and she'll destroy it immediately, won't she? She will take her 30 seconds to realise that it comes off and then it's just going to get ruined. So I don't think I can get one. And also the, the sound isn't up to snuff, apparently. Hmm, it's a shame. Well, who, who knows? Again, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I, I get my hands on it. But um, yeah, there is the kid thing. I wonder if you can get cases for it at some stage. I wonder, I wonder if they'll be at the because it, obviously it's got magnets, hasn't it, on the back for the for the attachment to the the base. But um, yeah, it, do, it doesn't look very kid friendly. It's definitely not friendly for our house at the moment because nothing is. Um, <laughs> as a as a concept, I love it, and I hope that yeah. Apple do something similar. I think they will. I think something's going to happen, isn't it? But. Uh, I mean, all, all this, I mean, have we missed anything out from, from Google? There's some other stuff, isn't there, about um, WhatsApp on Wear OS, which was interesting, kind of interesting. Oh, yeah, so on the subject of Meta. So, mm. yeah, you've got WhatsApp on Wear OS. But so they, they give with one hand and they take with the other because um, the two exciting things about WhatsApp is, yeah, you, you, there will now be a proper WhatsApp app for Android wearables. That's a good thing. R- recently in the last month or so there's a proper native apple silicon whatsapp desktop app for those of us with apple silicon Macs, which is cool if you if you whatsapp a lot and you want that experience on the desktop without going through the 
the web interface thingy. Um, but then with the other hand, they have killed the Facebook Messenger app on Apple Watch. Oh. Did you hear about that? No, I'm not too sad about that personally. But um, Well, I'm, I'm not. But for people who use it, they're going to be sad. It's just you know, another thing that is being lost from, from Apple Watch. So that's that will be dead by the end of May. Uh, but I get that, no, the most exciting thing about WhatsApp is the, the multi-device login now. You oh, really? That? No. You that's can now... Huge. So you, you have your primary device as you always have. And then, you know, you've used the web WhatsApp where you've got, you scan the yep. QR code and then you can access all your chats on there. You can now log into other mobile phones using that same mechanism and they will be sort of associated devices. Um, and that session will automatically end if you do not use your primary device every 30 days. So everything will be in your on your primary device, but you will be able to see and respond to messages on other phones which is be a godsend for you with your huge new phone every week yep um the only caveat is that you can't move chats between platforms right so does that mean it doesn't share chats or yeah so i think if you if you i think the chats that you were that you receive and you interact with on on android won't necessarily be replicated on the iphone or vice versa so it could get a bit disjointed i may have misunderstood that i haven't tried it yet uh, but i do remember reading something about it being tricky to to move your chats between platforms or i think maybe if you decided that you wanted to make the android device your you know so obviously you're traditionally an iphone user so your your whatsapp your main whatsapp account is probably associated with your your iphone sim but if you wanted to make the Android your primary device, I think you, you'd have a job getting your chat history and stuff moved between platforms. But I, I don't think that's a new issue, is it? No, I mean, that kills it a bit for me. There's basically two of me in every family chat because I've got two phones. And it's the only way to have, to have both chats on both phones anyway. But, but I, would, I, would, I would check it out. I think it might be slightly although if you've already got to the stage where you're in every chat twice it's not going to make any difference to you is it but no I'm, I'm kind of settled <laughs> with that really the, the facebook messenger thing is interesting because i i've i stopped using facebook personally probably two years ago and i'm fairly convinced i've missed out on, on quite a few family events and things that i've been invited to because i've got people in my family who will only communicate via facebook messenger i remember logging in about six months ago for something else and seeing loads of chats and things people are trying to get hold of me not loads but a few people um like you know, distant relatives and stuff and maybe if this you know if it, if it gets um if it's being canned on the apple watch maybe that's the start of people disassociating themselves from using facebook messenger for everything and i'll get invited to things and actually get and get to turn up i don't really want to go to these things to be fair but um well, yeah. what everyone should be using is neither of those things and they sh- you should get everyone on telegram that's what should actually happen. Telegram's great, yeah. I use Telegram for some <laughs> YouTuber chats. But um, yeah, anyway, there we go. So have we done the news? We have done the news apart from the Mark news, which uh, there's a few things in here, aren't there? Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in here. We may have to save some of this for, for next time, but um, what do you want to ask me about from this list? Um, well, we did, we covered the um, your Amazon story. Yep. I know you've discussed it on your channel and yeah. newsletters. I don't think anyone cares Boring, about yeah, that. Cares, yeah. TLDR: you keep buying expensive stuff from Amazon and getting like something else, rubbish turn up, yep. and they haven't refunded you, which is awful. I didn't get condoms though. A lot of people have been getting condoms rather than iPads. They didn't do that, so that's happy days, you know. 
So you went uh, you went off to Belgium to see Patrick Rambles. I did, yeah. Just took the iPad Mini. That was my my only computing device, bar my iPhone, obviously. And uh, it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. Actually, I mean, there was one big issue, which I'll we'll come on to in a second. But the the kind of thing of just carrying this around and not having anything else and using it to shoot video and write emails, write blogs, and all that stuff. It was completely liberating. As someone, as you know, who has taken a ungodly number of devices with him uh, when he's gone abroad for no discernible reason, this was, yeah, it was an absolute revelation. Um, I've taken, I've been away and taken. I think I don't know if you remember when when I was doing my um, my other business alongside this. I went to Canada a couple of years ago, and I took my MacBook Pro, my MacBook Air three iPads, so I think it was an iPad Pro, an iPad Air, and the, and the iPad Mini, and obviously cables and stuff, and honestly, and looking back, I still don't know why I did that, why I took all that stuff, but I did. So this is the kind of guy we're dealing with here. So for me, just to go away with this was a big, big deal, and um, it, it was for content, it's not strictly obviously. speaking true, is it? It's not strictly speaking true, because you also went with a honking great audio interface, which is hilarious. <laughs> I did. Which, yeah, so uh, to put some context around this, uh, it's, it's the audio interface I'm using now, actually, which makes sense in this setting. I'm in a studio. It's it's where it should be. shouldn't be in your backpack. Um, so yeah, but to put some context around this, the, the things that I needed to do while I was on the road with this iPad mini was all the normal stuff like I just talked about, which is it shouldn't cause any issue with it whatsoever, and it didn't. So... Normal work, fine. It was massively helped by the new Fee Air 60, which is this mechanical keyboard and a little kind of built-in uh, folio stand thing. That was just a godsend. Um, I didn't, funnily enough, I did take the um, MX Master 3 with me. Didn't use it once. I, I didn't feel any need to use it whatsoever. Uh, so that was great. But the other job that I had while I was there was to record a podcast with Patrick. Now, obviously, technically, I was in his studio. We had everything we needed, but I wanted to... This was for content, obviously. So I wanted to try and really put this thing through its paces. So I took a, an SSL to... Um, I mean, it's not that big, to be fair, but it's it's big enough to look ridiculous. Um, an SSL to well, audio next interface. to the iPad mini. It's bigger than the iPad mini, isn't it? It is much bigger, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I tested this. So I, I tested this before I left because I've never recorded anything into an iPad like this before. Um, so I did some research, uh, bought myself a powered... USB-C hub, connected it all up in here in the studio, and it worked brilliantly. I recorded straight from this mic into GarageBand on the iPad Mini, made sure I could do the same thing with two separate tracks, multi-track recording, no problem whatsoever. Uh, so thumbs up, went to Belgium, sat down with Patrick, got everything set up, everything was working, did a test recording, all fine. Sat down to do the podcast, hit record, and we started chatting, and it was going brilliantly. He was on a roll, and, and but about three or four minutes in, I just glanced to my left, where the iPad mini was, and clearly it had stopped recording. The, the little red um, record-enable thing just wasn't lit anymore, and the, the timeline had stopped scrolling. And I hadn't touched it, Patrick hadn't touched it, it hadn't run out of disk space, there was no error message on the screen. I definitely 100% started it, because there was some stuff on there. It just stopped for no reason. And I think, as I said in the... Um, I don't know if I said this on... Obviously, we haven't seen the video yet. I'm still still editing the video. But my conclusion with this is 
it's a it's a one one shot and you're you're either in or out for this sort of stuff because you can't rely on bad if something if something lets you down in a live situation where you're recording we've had it before ourselves where something's gone wrong normally at someone else's end but um if if that happens you lose all faith and all trust in that thing and again touch wood i've never really had i'm ruining my week now but i've never really had it with cameras i've always been pretty lucky with cameras because i've bought the right stuff but with this it failed which means i would i would never ever trust it again which sounds a bit harsh and you know you could do a bit te- do a bit of testing maybe and whatever but i haven't got time for that it just needs to either work or not work and this is the one area where the ipad mini for something which is relatively straightforward, I know it's it's big. In, you know, the, the audio interface is doing the heavy lifting, really. It's just sending the signal to the iPad and the iPad's picking it up and recording it. If, if the iPad mini can do everything else, like shoot, shoot 4K video and do, you know, it can even run Logic Pro, as we, we found out, this should be quite straightforward. But it but it failed miserably. I wonder, if you, well, have you ever do want to try you know recording some content directly onto a, an ipad mini you ever looked at the apogee hype mic no i haven't what's that so that's a, a usb self-contained mic dac it's got it's got actually built in a analog compressor Ooh, nice which is quite cool so um yeah if you, if you haven't um if you haven't investigated that so it it, it it comes in a set you've got your cables it's got a little tripod pop filter etc that would be a perfect travel mic for doing that kind of stuff and there are just far fewer moving parts because you had a, a desktop audio interface going into a, a usb hub that you had power going into and i i think that was asking a bit much do you reckon do you reckon it was a power mm. thing I, I imagine so, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. So, yeah, so you get just a self-contained bus-powered mic. It'll, you know, that, that, that'll give you everything you need. So I'll put a link in the show notes. It's, yeah, the Apogee Hype mic. Good bit of kit, that. Please do. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good uh, good shout, I think. Because I will be doing more of that. I want to do more on-the-road podcasting. And I'd love to, I would love to use the iPad Mini for it because it's just such a simple setup. But... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't, okay, fair enough, I won't discount it completely. Maybe I was being a little bit too ambitious with it, but we'll see. I just, I lose faith in things very quickly if they let me down like that, and that's the problem. But, um, yeah, so that was the Belgium trip, and if people haven't seen it, there was a, a great video that, um, I say it's great, I'm, I'm, <laughs> sounds a bit uh, <laughs> my own backside, but um, it was, it's technically Patrick's video uh, of me and him comparing iPad mini setups, which uh, he did a brilliant job of editing. So, because we were waffling on for about half an hour and he somehow got it down to under 20 minutes, I think. But um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Did, have you seen it yet? I have. It was, yeah, that was interesting seeing you be normal because you weren't your <laughs> YouTube characters. No, it was really weird. I mean, I'm sure Patrick won't mind me saying this, but it was the first time he's ever done an unscripted video because he, I mean, I've got an unfair advantage. I, I do this in my own language. He doesn't. He's Dutch. So he has to work from a script, as I would if I could speak a word of Dutch. Um, and this was the first time he'd ever done it without that. Apart from the intro, which was a bit scripted, he was completely on his own with that. So he was he was a bit nervous about it, I think. And um, in, fact, in fairness, we, we both were, because it's one of those things, you start it, and then you've got no idea where, where it's going to go. You, you know, you're going to talk about stuff that's coming out of your bag. Most of it's fairly boring. It's cables and, you know 
USB interfaces, you know, SSL to interfaces, etc. So you've got to try and make it interesting and then interact with each other and make little quips and things. And it went like that. It went so quickly. And uh, we both finished and looked at each other and thought and said, have we got anything that we can use there? <laughs> and thankfully, he did, like I say, he did a very good job with the edit. But yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It was a lot of fun to do. Oh, that's a lot of cool stuff. I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm how nosy I am. I, I was really right, enjoy looking around. Yeah, looking, looking at people's everyday carries and their desk setups and all of that sort of stuff. I'm well into that. His studio is lovely as well. I've got a bit more B-roll of his studio in the video that I'm putting together, so you'll see a bit more of that. But he's a very, very nice studio. Very, um, very jealous of that. Yeah. Well, on the subject of studio setups, someone won your old M1, didn't they? <laughs> They did, yeah, yeah. Uh, a guy in, well, he's in Virginia at the minute, but he's moving to Florida. But uh, yeah, for those who don't know, I, I gave away my M1 Mac Mini, which is the one that I used pretty much to build the business and um, had no use for it. Did a, a giveaway on Instagram, which, as you would guess, was a way of getting people to my Instagram account and following me. And it, that worked spectacularly, actually. That brought across about four, four or 500 people, I think, which was great. Um, hopefully they'll stay. That's the only problem with giveaways. The thing with these giveaways is that if you use it as a leverage to get more followers on something... It's you know, it's a very good chance those people will come across for the giveaway and then never engage with your content. But I've seen a bit of an uplift in what's going on on Instagram, so that was that was the plan with that. And also, I think it's quite a cool thing just to give it to someone and let them you know, continue its journey. And the great thing about this guy, because I had loads of entrants, because um, the, the question was basically, what will you do with it if this lands on your doorstep tomorrow? What are you going to do with it? And um, there were some great, great entries, some, some great suggestions. I had one guy who wrote a song, um, which I, I would play it now, but it's going to take me forever to find it. But uh, that was quite funny. Um, and just, yeah, just some, some, good, some good sort of suggestions about what people would do with it. This guy won, though, because he is going to uh, start a podcast with his mate. And they're both new dads. So I, I just love the idea of giving it to someone who's going to, basically put it to similar use start a new venture online doing a content thing and then you dads which obviously i very much and obviously you would um kind of understand what they're going through in the best possible way uh so yeah that's gonna be going off to to florida i think in the next couple of weeks and uh i think you've, you've noted you've noted here that we should get him on and i think that's a brilliant idea yeah let's kick, kick start kick start their their podcasting career by getting him on We'll do that. I don't know if he listens to this or not, but I'll uh, I'll definitely, yeah, make the suggestion definitely. Um, and yeah, other, well, other than that, the only other question I had for you was: you know, now you're friends with Sony, are they sending you an Xperia One Mark Five? Hopefully, they contacted me today about it. Uh, not Sony; it's the obviously the marketing company that works for them. But uh, yeah, we, we had the press release today, and it just depends how many review units they've got. Again, without going into too many details, there don't seem to be that many, and certain people obviously get them, which is fine. But then there's a very, uh, very, very kind of a, a lack of review units for us mere mortals with the smaller channels. But we have to kind of wait. But I've asked for one anyway to see what happens. And if you're wondering, I don't know if you remember, but the um, the two cameras that they left with me have gone back. <laughs> so I had to buy this one. How are you? How are you doing your multicam setup now? Well, I bought the, the A7 IV. So one of the cameras that I had from them was the A7 IV. I had the A7 IV and the A7R5. The A7R5 um, had a dodgy sensor, I think, on the one that was sent to me. It hadn't been very well, well looked after. So I didn't really get to experience that in its full capacity. Plus, it's pretty expensive. Whereas the A7 IV, 
is I think it was two and a half grand or something. Um, and brilliant. In fact, it's the what I bought. I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I bought it two months ago, and I think I did some tests, some overheating tests with it, and it overheated pretty quickly back then. Um, but when I had the loan unit from Sony, it never overheated once, and I just completely fell in love with using it and having it and. So yeah, when they remembered that I had that lone one, I thought I've got no choice. And it's that it's that camera actually that Sam that, uh, Amazon didn't send me. You know, that's, the, oh, the, right. the work light thing was that. So did you nip down to Jessup's to do Wex? Well, not Wex, but no, a local a Lon- <laughs> the London Camera Exchange, which definitely give them a shout out because they were brilliant. They had two in stock and they kept one for me. Um, yeah, London Camera Exchange yeah. in Leamington. You were very you, you'll never hear this, but you were very very helpful that day. Yeah, I I think I bought my first digital camera from them. So I had a Minolta Dimage X, which is a two nice. megapixel camera. <laughs> it was a little square thing with a periscope lens. And it was amazing for the time, just this, the smallest um, two megapixel digital camera you could get. Yeah, Konica Minolta Dimage X it was, a lovely thing. But I got that from uh, London Camera Exchange in Reading, I think. What a name for a camera. All, all these crap names we have these days like a74 that what was it demarge demarge yeah. demarge i want a demarge i'd have a demarge now <laughs> all two megapixels <laughs> um yeah so yeah so fingers crossed with the sony xperia because it looks pretty interesting doesn't it it's pretty nuts in it terms does. of what it does I, well i'd be curious to see whether or not it could replace your zv1 as a, as a blogging device it probably could to be fair it probably won't overheat as much as that camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe next by the next time we, we speak maybe, perhaps i'll have one who knows but um so, yeah I've, I've been itching for you to try out an xperia for as long as we've known each other haven't i just keep well, i did have one i had one briefly well, yeah you had, you, had, you had a pony one though didn't you it was rubbish though wasn't it yeah yeah it was terrible not not the not the one series it was like a xperia 5 or something which is yeah no one cares about those yeah, I need the I need the full beans one, don't I? But uh, yeah, fingers crossed I'll get that. But um, so ne- our next, we're not we're not, we're not going to be in WWDC territory yet, are we? But we there's, there's still a lot of stuff to talk about, which I think we'll have to move to to next week. In fact, we're doing it next week, aren't we? Because we were a week behind, so we're kind of out of sync now. But that's okay. There's lots of stuff to talk about, so we'll uh, we'll keep it in. But yeah, we'll, well I think we'll leave it at that, Rob. I better go and check Facebook Messenger and see if anyone else has invited me to a party. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. See ya.